Welcome to the Waterboy and Equipment Manager podcast. My name is Safe Basaria. My name is Shawan Samani. I'm Case Charanya. And I'm Asad Alani. And uh, I'm, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. Teams are getting healthier. Basketball seems to be marginally more fun than it was a couple weeks ago when we had who knows who on a 10-day contract. Overall, the NBA seems like in a better place than it was a couple weeks ago. How do we feel about that, boys, as a whole? I I'm mean, still confused. Fuck that I mean, shit. I mean, it's always a good thing when uh, fucking uh, Theo Pinson isn't starting for the Mavericks anymore. <laughs> And we don't have <laughs> Timothy Luwawu Cabrero clock, uh, clocking the Atlanta uh, court. Fair enough. That's probably fair. For, for what we do in basketball, we'd like to watch good basketball players play basketball. I think we'll keep it simple as that. At WBEMPOD, WebMPod on Instagram and Twitter, and the Waterboy and Equipment Manager podcast on YouTube. Um, today, we're doing the panic room. We did this last year. And basically, the concept of the panic room is should we hit the panic button for the eight teams we're going to talk about today, lay out a case based on what team we're talking about, and then deliberate between, obviously, the rest of us to decide if the panic button is a necessity? We're also going to bring in the element of buy or sell. The concept that we're trying to do with buy or sell is should this team, after they hit the panic button, buy in the market and try to improve their team or sell and try to get rid of some of the pieces they have on this team and go the other way, try to get draft picks, rebuild, that kind of uh, situation. So that's where Panic Room and Buy or Sell are coming into place. Before we get started, a report came out today, boys. Paul Millsap and the Brooklyn Nets have agreed to part ways at some point. Does this matter? Is any team going to get Paul Millsap and be 2%, 5%, 10% better? Also, what do you think about this? Uh, I mean, how good has Paulson Millsap been this year? I mean, I feel like it feels like I never even see him on the court. Damn, yeah. Asa, you, I said your you voice really changed. changed heavy, bro. Like, damn. <laughs> wow, I can finally grow a beard. Who knew? Uh, that was literally a directed question, Shabon. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Shabon is just happy as fuck. It's been a good day for him. But yes, no. Shabon, obviously, his point is Paul Millsap. Eh. Asa, what are your thoughts on Paul Millsap, man? So I think that. Paul Millsap didn't really do much for for the Nets. I mean, he for a team that needed rotational pieces in the front court, uh, you know, they brought Paul Millsap in to do that, and they never got him any run uh, because they just like you know they didn't really use him and they didn't need him. And I don't know, I can't think of another team off the top of my head that would like really use Paul Millsap. Um, maybe some team with with injuries, but I can't really think of one that could really use Paul Millsap. I mean, unless you guys think so. All right, Case. I left you for last because I have a proposition and I kind of wanted your thoughts on Paul Millsap, okay? The Lakers are kind of dying for this type of player. Shavon, you're you're right in which you say that, hey, Paul Millsap's probably not been very effective, but we brought in Stanley Johnson off the street and he's been actually a valuable contributor. He's been hooping. He's been a valuable contributor, especially He took it to Rudy Gobert the other night. I mean, all all the Lakers need is a guy. Yeah, sorry, Russell Westbrook. (laughs) (laughs) Look how that's working out. All the guys, all the Lakers need is a guy who tries on defense. Paul Millsap might be something like that. Would it be worth just grabbing Paul Millsap and seeing what happens? I mean, if they cut him, definitely. We could flip DJ for Paul Millsap. DJ can I don't be think they take DJ. But- I don't think the Nets want him back at all. <laughs> no, I don't think they. They, look, were, they were good good riddance with that one. Millsap <laughs> played in two of the last 18 Brooklyn Nets games. Well, that's why they want him gone, or he wants to be gone. 
So I think they will cut him eventually. They'll they'll try to move him first. They have a, a month now, about ish, mm-hmm. before the deadline. So they'll try to move him. If they can't move him, they'll cut him. We got twenty days to the deadline. Just a heads up, a little less than three weeks now. Yeah. So if they can't move him, they cut him, and then he gets his pick of where to go. And if it wasn't the Nets, he was in between the Warriors and someone else this offseason. It wasn't the Lakers. If you guys uh, know, let me we gotta, know. We got to get him, bro. I feel like the way the Lakers are right now, we don't have that many choices available to us. If there's a way we can make a deal happen, <clears throat> I would I would do it in a heartbeat. Um, I'm, I'm oh, already desperate, down. aren't you? Y'all, y'all are down bad, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, we're down bad in the sense that we want to win the championship, right? And if we need to do that, then we need to make adjustments uh, to do so. Because The this other team, team he wants to go to is Chicago, by the way. Well, Chicago could use him too right now with uh, Pat Williams out and Lonzo Ball now missing looks like six to eight weeks. Um, I Again, Shabon, you're right in the sense that he's not been a contributor to any type of basketball. But the fact that he's only played in two of the last 18 games, like Kay said, could mean that he actually might be a contributor if given opportunity, question mark. Asad, could we be convinced of Paul Millsap's value? He's So he's 36 years old. Uh, well, I mean, we, we've seen Paul Millsap, you know, be really, be an all-star here in Atlanta. I, I think that given the right situation, and if you're willing to, you know, if you need him to give you like 10 minutes of quality basketball, then that's what his, that's what his ceiling is. I think at this point, look, to okay. be fair, Paul Millsap played like he was 36 when he was an all-star. That's a good point. I mean, his, okay, his like- style is like. Just defense and this old school ground and pound. So okay, so like let's say let's say Lakers get him. What's his role? Is he you're gonna ask you're gonna ask a 36 year old man to play defense? Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's what yeah. he does. That's, that's what kind do you of mean? the point. Yeah, yeah. Would you not ask a 36 year old man to play defense if all you had was a 36 year old man to play defense? I mean, they're asking Melo. They're asking Melo to do that, and I don't. You know, mm, Melo's been the, good. The situation, yeah. Uh, he's uh, this is up and down. Uh, Melo's been good on like, offense. Like, the game, game last night has been uh, was ugly. Look, the best defense is a good offense. I I completely disagree with you, Case. But <laughs> how that's, that's the Brooklyn. Be, that's the Brooklyn Nets philosophy. Good defense. So, <laughs> I mean, look for what it's worth. We could flip Ken Bazemore and get Paul Mills out too. Bazemore is not down. I'm down. Uh, but anyway, listen, we spent way too much time on players that probably don't matter if we're being honest with each other. So let's jump into the panic, panic room segment. That's what we're actually here to do today. Each of us come to the table with two basketball teams apiece. Um, I guess the style we're going to do is we're going to let, let's say, well, Kays, you'll go first today. Um, you'll go ahead and give us your team. You'll give us your case for why they should hit the panic button or should not in this case. I think all of us are hitting the panic button, if I'm being honest. So spoilers there. And then we'll talk about kind of our thoughts on it. And you know, at the same time, tell us if they should be buyers or sellers. So Case, start us off here today. Panic button. Who's who's jumping in the panic room first? Well, I mean, Shaban's here. We'll talk about the Mavericks first. <laughs> oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Talk, go ahead. <laughs> talk about Shaban's like, bro, currently... I'll slam the button with you. We'll do it together. I mean, hey, they they won nine of their last ten, and yeah, no, look, I get it. Y'all have tried to turn things around recently, but it has come up in the news that the Mavs are desperately looking to make a move, and with every move you make, you flush out the same two motherfuckers that nobody wants, and the one guy that people want, you refuse to trade. So the Mavs are in a good spot right now, yes. But teams are going to catch on to that short rotation. 
Tim Hardaway Jr. will kick you in the ass eventually, he as has. he always has. He already has. He's terrible. Oh, he's been bad. He's but, terrible. He's terrible. And I think longevity-wise, you have to be worried about Kristaps and Luka. I mean... Mermaid uh, Man and Barnacle Boy are not the pictures of health. Before, before <laughs> Shaban, before Shaban, that's actually a really okay. Good yeah, visual. you know that is a good point. That's actually. a very good visual. Um, Shaban, before you jump in, case just finish with the should they be buyers or sellers before the deadline here? I think they should be buyers. Okay, and I think they were a big buyer before the Miles Turner injury. That's probably fair. Okay, and now, Shaban, I love give us your synopsis. Oh, okay, <laughs> we're gonna come back to you. Yeah, so uh, uh, they the Mavericks were uh, aggressively going after Miles Turner. Uh, they were likely considered to be the favorites, dangling a package of Dorian Finney-Smith and Dwight Powell. And uh, it turns out the Mavericks started, started just uh, suddenly learn how to play defense. And uh, now they were just like, hey, you know what? We don't need Miles Turner anymore. Uh, it was reported that they Is actually – Is that what backed- happened? It was That's report- what happened? It was reported that the Mavericks backed off interest of Miles Turner uh, days before his injury. I don't believe that for one second. I genuinely do you, don't. Shabon, in That's your a pretty hearts, big fuck up in yeah, that case. Shabon, in your heart of hearts, do you believe that to be a true report? I mean, uh, no one's is, ever co- no one's come yes out and no. refuted it. But that's did you get yo. this report from Reddit? Yeah, he got it from fucking Mavericks Reddit. <laughs> no, I got it from uh, who did I got it from? I got it from The Athletic. That's a that's a broad term. There's some bad writers and some good writers that work for that company that, that we all love very, very much. That company. There's some great writers like our boy Ali Khan. Technically not a writer, but you get the point. Um, no, I'm sorry. If if the you're banking on the Mavericks to no, play. No, it's Mark Stein, level, sorry. If yeah, okay. Yeah, um, that makes it better. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, isn't Mark Stein like big time Dallas guy? But whatever. Um if if the idea is that the Mavericks will play this consistent level of defense for the remainder of the year into the playoffs and potentially into some run of some kind and that they didn't need Miles Turner, that's kind of a I, shocking revelation. I mean, I, hey, like I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I, I would think I honestly think that like this team would be a hundred percent better with Miles Turner on it. Uh, but the team seemed really confident in where we're going now. Uh, so that's really where we're at. But what Dallas is really sort of missing now is just more layers to our offense because now it's just uh, we've gone, we've sort of regressed offensively to this heliocentric style of play where Luca just does everything. And sometimes Porzingis will score a few baskets in the first half and do nothing in the second half. Uh, uh, also, that's where we're at now. Also, does this give you like James Harden, Houston Rockets vibes? I mean, I look. I said this on during our when we did our rankings that James Harden and Luca are very, very similar players. Like both can play very good isolation basketball, and a lot of the times you just move out of the way and let them let them dribble, let them do their thing, let them create. You know, make get by defenders, create driving lanes, and then you know be able to make a read to for the offense. So this is this is all very familiar territory. Luca talked about the the defense thing last night. So when they 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 won. Um, the reporter asked him after the game, they were like, so, you know, like Luca, what do you think about the defense or, you know, like, you know, how have you guys been able to improve? And I mean, he's given like the, the answer that I think has some role to play where he was just like, we're just trying. There's more communication on defense. There's more of a team effort. It's more team defense. He was like, we have good individual defenders, 
uh, but we're just playing a better team defense. Uh, and so they just have, you know, they've locked in and they've really, you know, just committed to it, which, you know, you can see that they've won games to, because of it. To that point, you can like, you can start, like, if you watch the like Mavericks games, you can tell that Luca is trying more on defense. His at, his hands are a lot more active. He's getting a lot more steals these days. He's even getting more blocks these days. That's fucking crazy. Uh, you know, like it's, it's, yeah. Wonderful things happen when you just try on defense. <laughs> If a listener, you're not watching us on YouTube. If you're just listening to the audio side, uh, from the moment that us had said Harden and Luca are similar players, K's raised his hand and it's been raised for I don't know how I many just seconds. like to interject. <laughs> I, I'm aware, <laughs> and so that's why I'm I was being nice. <laughs> no, this is great. What? So, we in the basketball world called the offense that us had mentioned the ludicrous offense, the ludicrous. it's called move, bitch. get out the way. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. This is true. I mean, look, it's worked for the Mavericks so far. They're sitting fifth in the West, 26 and 19. I do agree, Kays, us and Shaban, a lot of what the notion you brought up. Kays, you said they should be buyers. They definitely should be buyers. They need a secondary ball handler if it's not Jalen Brunson. Um, honestly, even if it is Jalen Brunson, I kind of still think they need another guy who can just kind of make things you happen. You want Russell Westbrook? <laughs> cool. Yeah, sounds good. Let's do it. I mean, like we don't have any depth at the wing. That's one thing. Nobody um, in the NBA has depth at the wing. I'm literally Apparently, offering you Russell most, Westbrook. It's the most valuable position in the NBA right now. Uh, it's just like good wing talents. It's what the Lakers need. It's what the Nets need. It's what any good basketball team could use right now. Um, which kind of sucks. It's what Boston has a multitude of with their two best players, and they can't seem to make it work, which is hysterical to me. Um, that being said. Shaban, you have the Boston Celtics, which was my transition. I thought it was quite smooth. What are your what, why are you hitting the panic button? What's wrong in Boston, man? Their offense is a joke. Like just not a funny one. Not a funny one. No, like very bad spe- joke indeed. Specifically, very much specifically, their late game offense, their clutch situation offense is terrible. Uh, their late game offense consists of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown taking turns shooting an ISO, except for that one stretch of games where they try to have Marcus Smart do it, except he, except Marcus Smart is not Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. So he cannot make those shots that they're telling him whoa, to make. Whoa, whoa. Marcus Smart is the best shooter on that team. That's case you're on drugs. That's besides the point. Would you say that the Boston Celtics offense is like case said, the ludicrous offense per se? Uh, Oh no, they have two people. It no, doesn't it's, count. The, it's the batshit crazy offense. It's just like <laughs> okay. Uh, well, see the thing with the, the thing with, with Luca and with Harden that what makes it work is like when you play the move, bitch, get out the way offense. You have to be an elite passer to do it, and neither Tatum nor Brown are able to do that. And, and so it they just, don't want that's and they don't want to pass it just, either. Yeah, I, I mean, whether whether or not you want to pass to, to Josh Richardson or Dennis Schroeder is up to you. I don't know. I understand their, their, their conundrum sometimes there, but either way, it's not going to help you win basketball games. Uh, and honestly, like, I agree with you, Shabon, that their end game performance and their, their clutch performance has been awful, but they play that offense for most of the entire game. Like the reason they win games is if Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have like 25, 30 point games with efficient shooting nights. Otherwise, you see the Tatum stinkers that he puts up, the 4 of 19 from the field, the 0 of 8 from 3, fucking atrocious yeah, stats bad. that I see on my basketball team for, or my fantasy basketball team for the last two years. I, I understand. I know. We got to so. we gotta create a segment where it's just like Usad's corner to just complain about his fantasy basketball team. Because now I, I, try to, I try to, yeah, I try to force it in that way until, until we like make it like a legitimate thing. 
Just but pitch the uh, segment like damn. He, he also, the agenda is strong here. How do you think <laughs> we got players? At least anonymous? Bam Adebayo is back. Bam Adebayo is back. Bam, Bam had five steals and three blocks yesterday. I was so proud of him. I, anyways, I'm, I'm so happy after yesterday's game. Anyways, back to the Boston Celtics. We all agree. Yeah, like they're they're 21st in offensive rating in clutch situations. They give up the they give up the third most turnovers in clutch situations. The last 15 games uh, in clutch situations, they had they gave up. Oh, they put up 38.7% from the field and 26.3 from three. Uh, so bad, it's dude. it's so bad. They, the Boston Celtics are down bad, and they need some help, and they should be 100% buyers at the trade deadline. All right, we're officially putting up a Shaban down bad counter. That's two for the episode. That's four. That's four for the episode? My count is clearly I'm disappointed. Gone. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. In Shaban or in me? Both. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown don't make any sense whatsoever. They are the two perfect guys that you would love on a basketball team, on any basketball team in base. They could fit in anywhere, basically, right? Unless um, your coach is named Ime Udoka. That's what I was going to ask you. What do we think about the coach? Obviously, it's his first season as a head coach. He has a great uh, rapport with players, supposedly super player friendly, so, super likable in the league, and it doesn't seem to be working. I've done some digging on this surprise. I, I believe you. That's why I came to you first. He was an assistant with Brad Stevens, so he never had to be the bad guy. He was not an assistant with Brad Stevens. No, Wait, he was an assistant for Mike Bud. He was an assistant. No, he played. He was under Brad Stevens for a minute. I, I do not think that is he true. Doka? No, he was for he was for uh, Mike Bud. Oh, then he definitely sucks as a coach. Case, your digging was bad. You did bad digging. You know what? I looked up the wrong fucker. Oh, my Bro, God. San Antonio assistant coach from 2012 to 2019, Philadelphia 1920, Brooklyn 2021, 22. Uh, I, was talk- I was thinking about Darby. And now yeah. Boston. So he's been assistant uh, coach, obviously, his whole career. Sat behind Greg Popovich. Uh, Doc. Doc, yeah. And then Steve Nash. I looked up the wrong person. Pretty good. But uh, but not not Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens, however, I did, think he just sucks. Brad Stevens did turn down keeping this job and going into the GM seat. I think I kind of know why now. This team seems stuck. There's a lot. I think the biggest thing they fucked up with is they actually made these draft picks that they we didn't. Also, we've been talking about these guys trading these draft picks for multiple years. They had a Kings pick. They had a Grizzlies pick. They ended up making them, and none of these guys have turned into contributors. Maybe maybe not for the players' fault. Maybe it's just they're not giving these guys minutes or opportunity based on this two dual-sided, ludicrous offense that they're running in Boston. What do you think? I mean, how are you going to get better if your whole game plan is Jalen and Jason, you shoot? Also, just getting snaked by everybody in the podcast today, man. Yeah, also not talking <laughs> fast enough. I'm just I'm just getting jumped here, but this is happening. Yeah, <laughs> they I don't they have to. They, they needed more, you know, a pl- like they need a playmaking guard, right? Like they need someone who can actually pass and conduct offense. Uh, and what? That's not Dennis Schroeder? No, absolutely, absolutely not. What? <laughs> you can, you can, count on Den- you can count on Dennis for like 10 out of 82 games. Let me, I'm going I'm to let you, fi- I'm going to pull my Kanye. Okay? I'm going to let you finish us, but I do have to insert this right here about Dennis Schroeder. I was listening to uh, my buddy Bill Simmons podcast earlier today from yesterday. And he was talking about Dennis Schroeder and he said, and I kid you, because he shat on the Lakers for letting this man walk over the summer and replacing him with Russell Westbrook, which is a problem of its own that we will eventually talk about later on this episode. Right now, we're only talking about Boston and Dennis. Let me have my moment, listener. I'm going to cry later. Leave me alone, okay? But he said, 
I get it now. I get it now. And I would drive him to the airport myself if asked to do so. That's from Bill Simmons, resident Boston Celtics fan. So fuck you. Anyway, he, he, well, he, he said well, that he said that quote like like that was like a direct quote where he said he would drive him to the airport himself. Has been waiting for this. By the way, the fuck you was not directed at Bill Simmons. It was, I love Bill. It's directed at Dennis Schroeder um, because people gave us shit for why we replaced him. And again, we'll talk about that later, listener. Leave me the fuck alone. However, I do not believe for one second that Dennis was the guy for us in L.A. He was not going to be the guy in Boston. He, he's a perpetual six man who's not even that great. He's fine. And it's showing Boston would probably ship him out to get on the luxury tax if they could in the next couple of weeks. Anyways, I mean, I'm sorry. He's only making like $5 million. So. Oh, you could have made $84 million. Fuck you. <laughs> Suck it, Dennis. Suck it. Go to, De- go to Denver. No, go to Dallas. Go to Dallas, Dennis. Go be oh, Dallas' problem. That wouldn't be that wouldn't be the you worst thing in the world if you don't if you don't ask too much of Dennis to be behind Jalen Brunson. Shama, what were you gonna say? I was like, yeah, you know what? Like, yeah, if he if he can be like the third string uh and now guard, listener, then I wouldn't be I down. Guess, and now listener, I get to say this. Shaban, are you down bad? <laughs> yes. <laughs> take it, take that back, you bitch. Anyway. Ask me after ask me after this Suns game. We're up by six. Yeah, you're gonna blow. Uh, yeah, I, no. Chris Paul is gonna hit like three mid ranges, and you'll Devin lose. Booker's gonna have 18 points in the fourth quarter. Just be ready. Anyway, we're great friends, by the way. If you didn't know, <laughs> if you so didn't we're know. all great friends. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, this is like, this is our love language. It's just shit talking each other's basketball teams. You were that's, talking that's, about that's how we do this for them to have a playmaking point guard. Um, also, what does that look like in your mind? I'm sure there's a couple of guys who stand out to you in the NBA that potentially Boston can maybe go get. I think that they should go get they should get a superstar or try to get a superstar and by flipping one of Tatum and Brown because clearly it's not working. If you can go get De'Aaron Fox, a healthy Damian Lillard, you know, like give him like a few weeks to get healthy and you or you know you take the take the L of waiting a month but you get Damian Lillard, I would do it so because it's not working. Quick question: Is it Damian out indefinitely? It's six. It's six. It's six to eight weeks. I'll talk about Dame a little bit more later, but yeah. he's it's it's six to eight weeks after he got his abdomen surgery. You brought up an interesting point here, and I just want to clarify for the listener because I don't want them to call you a bumbling idiot because that's that's what I'm about to do if that's what you're about to say. So you'd flip Jalen Brown for De'Aaron Fox, call it into the league office. Not no? not an equal offer. No, I okay. mean there there's there's got to be some. Confirm that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're no, not no, doing no. this. No, J- no, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are both better players than than De'Aaron Fox. That's... I was like, I haven't had dinner yet. I could be a bit crabby, but I want to make sure I heard you right. <laughs> no, no, no. Not I'm not saying like a direct one for one swap here. There's got to be some evening pieces and some picks thrown in there. Uh, the the detailed trade can be done later, but. That's the, I mean, that's just the type of star. Like, I mean, if you're going to trade a caliber, a star caliber player of Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, you have to, you got to get a star back, especially in the point guard position where you actually need it. And let's clarify something really quickly. I just want to do a round table. Which one of the two would you rather trade case? Jason Tatum. Yeah. Yeah. But you're the contrarian. Also. Contrarian. I'm going to go. I'm going to prove I'm, my point. I'm going to go Jalen Brown. Okay. Job on. I'm going to trade Jalen Brown to the Atlanta Hawks, baby. Okay, great. And I would also (laughs) trade Jalen Brown. If Atlanta was an option, I would love to do that. But I would also trade Jalen Brown. Listener, you're probably also saying Jalen Brown. Uh, Kays, I'm not really interested in this at all. But my point was, 
that also you keep saying trade Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. Why are we saying or? We know which one of the because two. Because some most- of us want to trade Tatum. <laughs> no, 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 not some of us. One of us. No, to be to be to be fair, to help Kate on Twitter. To, to help K's, uh, Ali Khan, uh, I will speak for Rockets Insider, Ali Khan Bajani here, who also believes that Jason Tatum should be traded over Jalen Yeah, Brown. fuck you guys. I have an NBA that's, insider with That's because you Rocket clowns would love to go grab Tatum right now with the 27,000 no, 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 picks that you have. That's not, we're not OKC here. Relax. No, no. They have 34,000. You have 27,000. <laughs> anyway. Speaking of which, when, when is OKC going to flip any of their picks? Like they, no, they're going to they, make them all. <laughs> they have 20 days. <laughs> <laughs> with with their with their twenty seven thousand roster spots, yeah, okay, dude. <laughs> no, they're just gonna have like four. They're just gonna go buy fourteen G League affiliates and just make these picks and put them in the G League. And figure it out. <laughs> they're gonna have an entire G League conference for them. Like it's just gonna be drop. like Real Madrid, Real Madrid A team, Real Madrid B team, Real Madrid C team. It's just that's just what the Rockets are gonna. I mean, sorry, the what Rockets if they just the Thunder are gonna do? What if they just like exchange their picks just for uh like <laughs> just for like actual salary players just generate a ton of trade exceptions oh that would be ridiculous that would be that would be atrocious that's probably something that they're probably thinking of they're like how can we how can we make something insane happen um dude i don't know we're, we're not talking about Oklahoma city today they they kind of know what they're doing there's no panic they don't have there. a panic room they've already yeah, hit no, the fuck they're they're no, they're no panic. the only panic they have is why they've won just as many games as the houston rockets they should be worse they should be worse um let's go for the third team today uh, so you want to talk about Portland? Yeah, let's do it since we this were talking easy. about I feel like this one's easy, right? Yeah, they should they should be sellers and here's here's why. They are currently 10th in the West. They're 3 games behind the Clippers. They're a game and a half up on the Kings and the Spurs for the for the play-in picture. They've had a lot of injury, you know, a lot of injuries and a lot of their best guys have been out. We were talking about Dame who came into the season was not looking great at all but he tried to push through it because you know it's dame and he doesn't give up but i think that was a mistake i think that neil olshi who was the gm that got fired for being a piece of shit uh probably had some role to play in that he and the rest of the trailblazers staff should probably have been like hey dame you gotta chill out go get your shit fixed so that way we can have you healthy for the majority of the second half of the season they decided to wait I mean, obviously, you know, that's a lot of probably Dame pushing to be like, hey, no, I can play. Let me fight through it. But clearly that didn't work. Now he's out for two months. His expected return is now middle of March, which is just only like a month before playoffs, which they're they're not going to be in that playoff picture now with all these teams being more competitive than them. So I think they kind of fucked that up. CJ was out due to his collapsed lung, who just came back. Larry Nance has been injured. Norman Powell has been injured. You know, they... They have, they've just struggled and, you know, that's not their fault that their stars are out, but they're just a bad team. And so because of that, I think it's time that they sell. Although I think that they might try to buy, you know, just because if they want to maximize Dame's, you know, whatever superstar time he has left, but I think they should sell Nurk, Covington, uh, Larry Nance, even Norman Powell. I think they can get a first round pick for any four of those guys. Do you guys disagree? I think they should sell CJ. I mean, I think they, they could. Sell, I think they should start and sell Dame first. I know that they won't do that because I think that they've made up their mind in the sense that they're going to wait for Dame himself to ask out if he ever does that, which he has not done that, just to clarify so far. Um, but I think that they should have probably sold Dame last year if they could because his value was probably highest last year. It's probably rather still relatively high this year considering he's out for another two months. Um, 
if if they could sell Dame, I would sell Dame right now. I would sell everyone on the team. I would hit the reset button, try again. Anthony Simons has been insane. Great. He's been, he's been really good. He's been yeah, the yeah. one bright spot for sure. Exactly. He's been insane. It's like, all right, you have one young guy. I'm sure that you can find ways to get other young players or assets or picks over the next multiple uh, trades that they make. And, and yeah, so this is the ceiling for this team. They're going to be a play in team at absolute best. They'll probably end up not even making the playoffs. And if they do, they're not making out the first round. And that's kind of been the story for Portland with the CJ Dame, you know, partnership for multiple years. Now they had one Western conference final run. I might call it a fluke, but look, you can put that in your resume. If you could say, Hey, we made the Western conference finals. That's cool. And after that, they've basically been a first round exit every single year. Besides that one year, this is the ceiling. They're not going to get better. This they're going to get worse now because the guys that they want to rely on are going to get worse. I like every every single one of the players that you mentioned. Nurkic, Rocco, uh, Powell, Dame, CJ. I like all these players by themselves. As a team, they're not that great, and they haven't worked out all that well. And I don't really see them getting any better. So, yeah, they should be sellers. Also, is there something in mind here? Have you heard any rumors or news, or have you just felt yourself that they should move X, Y, and Z for X, Y, and Z? So... Obviously, Rocco is, you know, he's he's a wing that would be, I think, in pretty high in in pretty high, yeah, pretty high demand that some team would be willing to 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 throw one of, especially a contender, would be willing to throw one of their first round picks at Portland for Rocco. Nurk Nurk's value is a little different because I don't think he's that great. I think he's lost a step since last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't have that same defensive mobility offensively. I think he's still been good, but defensively he's still, he's, he's definitely degraded. Um, I think Norman Powell is, you know, he's a great, he's a great piece. Uh, if somebody, especially for a team that needs scoring and adequate defense, uh, you know, coming off the bench as a six man, Norm can definitely fill that role. Cause he's done that before. So there's, I'm trying to think of a specific team in mind that would want to take either like Norm or Nurk, but I mean, like, I, I don't know if the money would work, but any team that needs a big, like obviously the Lakers and Nets would love to have Nurk. Um, even, even Dallas, even Dallas might want, I mean, Nurk has been linked to Dallas for a few years now, right? Please say it. Why would they like to have Nurk in Dallas? Aryan Mavs, baby. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but no, you're right in the sense that Nurk as a, a defensive stopper, right? As the focal point of the entire Portland Trailblazers defense, which is kind of what he is, is not that great. But as a contributing defender on another team that is relatively better than the Portland Trailblazers on defense, he could be a lot better. Yeah, he would be better on the Mavericks. He would be better on the Nets. He would be better on the Lakers because all of those teams... I would venture to say are probably better than the Portland Trailblazers on defense. Even if they're not significantly better, they're probably a little bit better. Um, I, 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 it sucks because like I said, each of these players individually are likable guys. They're good basketball players, but on a team, they just don't, they don't make any sense anymore. And I think there's enough sample size to say that they don't make any sense anymore. We're not venturing and saying news where we're telling you what's been happening for multiple years now. Another team that makes no sense anymore is the team that I'm going to cover today. It's the Sacramento Kings. We've talked about De'Aaron Fox a good bit because listener, if you've been listening to this podcast for ever at this point, we love De'Aaron Fox. Each and every one of us individually really likes De'Aaron Fox. 
I would probably venture to say each of us individually really like Buddy Heald as well. Harrison Barnes is a decent basketball player, probably better than decent. He's above average basketball player, especially this season. So they have a roster of decent to more than decent basketball players. They have good basketball players on this basketball team, but they don't make sense as a roster. They have never made sense as a roster, even if Sacramento has tried to tell us otherwise. They are they got a playoff mandate, so they say, in Sacramento this year. They haven't made the playoffs in like 20 years. I don't know what playoff mandate. All of a sudden, they think they're a playoff team. Right now, they are 11th in the Western Conference. They are 18 and 29. If I tell you the games played on this team, everyone that is healthy has been the players that you would want to be out there. They have not missed that many games. Their best players, De'Aaron Fox, has played 43 games. Tyrese, 43. Harrison Barnes, 42. Rashawn Holmes, 29, which is a significant portion. Buddy Heald, 47. Davion Mitchell, 41. Even Marvin Bagley is at 26 games. So the majority of the team, the guys that you think are good basketball players, the ones that you would want to be out there, are playing basketball games. And they're still losing those basketball games. They suck, and they have sucked, and they will continue to suck. It's time to move on. It's time to rebuild. And I think they kind of indicated that in the in the NBA draft this offseason when they took another guard, a Davion Mitchell, where you have Tyrese from last year, you got Davion Mitchell this year, and you have Darren Fox, and you have Buddy Heald. It's kind of a busy front court, and it just doesn't make sense anymore. It's time to move on. Keep Tyrese. Keep Davion. Those are good pieces. They could potentially be really good pieces one day. But move on from Buddy move on from Fox, move on from Harrison Barnes, <clears throat> probably move on from, uh, what's his face? The big man, Rashawn Holmes. Definitely I would keep on. Rashawn Holmes. I would keep Rashawn Holmes. I like Holmes. Rashawn Holmes. I think, I think he's got a friendly I think contract. It's blow it up the time. I think Rashawn Holmes could attract some picks. That, that's kind of where I'm at. I think Rashawn Holmes is worth something to someone else. Um, he is also, by the way, us a 28 years old. That's something to keep in mind, right? He Ooh. doesn't necessarily fit the timeline of this basketball team, which is why I'm saying to shop him. It's not that he's Fair. not a good basketball player. He's a good basketball player. I like him a lot. I think the Mavericks would like him a lot. The Mavericks would like any big man at this point. It's getting sad. Um, the Lakers are very close to that conversation, by the way. It's not a shot at the Mavericks. They just come to mind because they should be better, and so should the Lakers. Um, but anyway, Rashawn Holmes, 28 years old, doesn't fit the timeline here, and that's kind of the point I'm making. A lot of this basketball team, we see their values decreasing over time. If if one year ago, Buddy Heald had been traded or De'Aaron Fox had been traded or even Harrison Barnes would have been traded, they were worth more than they are today. And that will be true. That will be true six months from now or a year from now if they don't trade them. And so it's kind of time. It sucks for Sacramento because they've been rebuilding for what has been 20 years. But it's time to rebuild again. And the one thing I will say, the light at the end of the tunnel, the silver lining, is that you do have Tyrese Halliburton and you do have Davion Mitchell. These are two legitimately good young NBA players, which is probably something you haven't done on the beginning of a rebuild in a long time. So if you're going to rebuild, you kind of have two pretty good pieces to start with, which is silver lining. Case, you were going to say something. It's a poverty franchise. It is, a, it, is a poverty, <laughs> it is a poverty franchise. I mean, look, 20 years of no playoffs is basically a poverty franchise. Um, also, what do you think? Should we, should we make a trade out of Sacramento? Yeah, definitely. I still don't understand. I still don't understand why they picked Davion Mitchell. I, I mean, with, with the team that they had, I was looking at the box score from last night's game and Ter- Terrence Davis went off. You know, he had 35 points. But what position does Terrence, go- Terrence Davis play? He's a Go shooting ahead. guard. Yeah. So, like, it doesn't make any sense. I'm looking at, I'm going through the draft right now of guys that were picked right after Davion Mitchell. 
I'm looking at Zaire Williams, who's now starting for the Grizzlies. Uh, Chris Duarte, Shaban's boy on the Pacers. He's had a good season. Uh, Corey Kispert. What's up? He's a guard as well. Is he not shooting guard? Who, Zaire Williams? No, Chris, Chris Duarte. Duarte. He's a point uh, guard. Or he's a shooting guard, yeah. I think he's uh, listed at the two. I think, the, yeah, but they've, they've, they've played him at the three as well. But, uh, but sure. If, okay, even if we go by Duarte. I mean, then you go and see some other guys. Uh, Trey Murphy, Al P, Alpern Shengun for the Rockets. Like, That's a big one. That's you know, there's, there's a lot of a lot of quality other pieces that I think Sacramento should have gotten, uh, but they just did not do that. And I mean, it's not no offense to them. I mean, they're just a poverty franchise. They don't know how to draft well. But you know, Good point. it is it is what it is. And now they have to suffer the consequences of being a shitty team once again. So they need to blow it up and try again. Sell, Which sell, sucks. sell. I mean, they've been on like a perpetual loop of blowing it up and trying again for like I said, twenty years. So it sucks for the fans. Um, and I get that. And, and I don't. I don't want to marginalize what you believe as a fan of the Sacramento Kings, but I think that you at this point know that this team is not going to be a playoff team, let alone a contender of any kind whatsoever. And it probably never will be with the roster constructed the way it is. What if they go by Ben Simmons? Look, the reports out of everything we've read so far has been that they've tried and they've tried hard and that Philly has been very much against it from the beginning. So Unless that changes overnight, which, by the way, I still think it should. I think De'Aaron Fox in Philadelphia would be sick. But Daryl Morey does not agree with me, and Daryl Morey makes the call, not me. So it doesn't seem like that's going to happen between now and the February 10th deadline. Have you guys heard anything different from what I just said? Nope. No. And and that's kind of the point. I'm starting to think that there's not going to be a Ben Simmons deal here by February 10th. I mean, apparently apparently the Sacramento Kings came out and said that they don't want Ben Simmons for De'Aaron Fox, or they, yeah, they just didn't want sure. it at all. No, right? they don't want to move De'Aaron Fox. That's what it was. Yeah, and, and Case doesn't want to date Miss America. We're talking about what you know. What I'm saying like the Sacramento says, we don't want Ben Simmons. Okay, great, fine. That wasn't an option. It seems anyway. <laughs> what the hell are we talking about here? Is the only reason why I said you instead of me is pretty obvious. I can't date Miss America. You still have a chance more than I do in this in this regard. I prefer Miss Universe. Sure, you can have Miss Universe. Whatever. He's from but, India. But, that's but why. the point I'm making <laughs> is that the Sacramento Kings coming out and saying we don't want Ben Simmons after they've been told no multiple times is the same thing. It's like that wasn't an option to begin with. What are we doing here? Um, I don't know, dude. I'm frustrated with the Kings. I wanted to talk about them today, but the more I talk about them on this podcast with you guys, the more I don't fucking understand what in the world is going on. I don't get it. Just looking at their roster, it's just like, it's a team that's just... Is it even a team? Can we call it a basketball team? Are we sure? I mean, like, I mean, like, it's a roster that's just built to be traded. They have eight centers. Yeah, they have eight. They have eight centers. They have one, two, three, uh, four. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> oh, how many? How many guards do they have? Okay, good grief. One, two, three, four, uh, five, six guards. <laughs> you know, it makes me sad because I'm pretty sure the the GM of the of the Kings is Monty McNair, and he's he's a Daryl Morey disciple. Uh, so that just like Monty's a good dude. I just don't know what's going on with him. I thought he had he had more more talent. I mean, than this. you just said Daryl Mori Mori disciple. That, that's what's wrong with. What him. you just told me is 
he went from one poverty franchise in the Houston to Rockets another. to another poverty franchise in the King. Sorry, from one poverty franchise to the poverty franchise in Sacramento. That's we what still we're, have slightly, Detroit. we're slightly less of a poverty. We still franchise. Have yeah, yeah, that's Detroit, why I said poverty franchise and then the 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 headliner, right? Okay, Sacramento. fine. I can I can live with that. That's yeah, fine. I was like, that's why I edited myself before you said something because I was like, you know what? That's unfair of me. I should be a little more understanding. Um, you guys suck, but you've tried to not suck. These guys suck. And there, it doesn't seem like they kicked out a lot, dude. Shaquille O'Neal sold his ownership stake in the Kings. Sure, it was only like two percent, but he wanted out. How often do basketball owners want to sell any part of a basketball franchise, especially Shaq, who has like a billion investments and will invest in literally anything? So that that's kind of telling, yeah, actually, that even Shaq not, is willing to dump dump bait and get the yeah, hell out it's of like, there. It's not even. It's not even that. Like the Sacramento Kings are like. A, an organization that's like hemorrhaging money they're still making money and they, they were still making Shaq money that's kind of my point is like Shaq is a great investor as we've seen over the years and he's divesting from this basketball team that should say everything about what you need to know about what's going on here the next team we're going to talk about here is uh is Kay's team Kay's who's the number two team you're bringing here to hit the panic button for the Los Angeles Lakers I would like I would like for you to just not. Is that okay? Can we just can we just not? How about that? Let's just, I'll be quick with it. I would prefer you weren't at all with it. How That's about fine. That? Just don't. Do uh, it. But they should buy anything and everything they can. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Next. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. What? What? I guess the thing I struggle with most about this basketball team. Oh, so you can explain, but I can't. No, because you you ended it, and I appreciate you being quick with it, but we can't do that. We we say right, we we then let me fucking go. Okay, go please go. These sons of bitches cannot <laughs> string together wins. They follow a three game win streak with a six game losing streak, then a two game win streak, three game losing streak, then a four game win streak, and then. Lose, win, lose, win, lose, win. Like, what the fuck is going on? Why are we benching Russell Westbrook at the end of the game? Because Where the fuck ass. is Anthony Davis? I'm sad. Yeah. Sad, would you sad say that? Well. Would you say that you are down bad? No, I'm down horrendous, you fucker. <laughs> yeah, come, on. come on. Fuck you, man. <laughs> we're very, trying to we're, be nice as here. As you can tell, we are very sensitive. So you you proceed with caution, my friend. Dude, the past two years, I've gone from we not worried to where the fuck are we? <laughs> <laughs> He's so worried. He has no idea what to do with himself. He's lost everything. So uh, apparently I read that uh, Frank Vogel benching Russ in the last four minutes. It was green of the game. lit by the front office. Yeah. Yeah. And it it potentially that one move potentially saved Vogel's job. Like there was a chance that night that like Vog- there was a chance that Vogel was gonna get fired that night, but he apparently they'll get fired tonight. Who gives a shit? Is it is it even his fault though? That's that's what I, I mean. To talk that that I don't that doesn't make sense to me at all. Like there's it feels like they're just scapegoating him, but really the issue is the players, right? Scapegoat somebody. I just fix it. I think that there's there's blood in the water, and Laker fans, Laker Nation, just wants a scalp at this point. Ace. I don't really. Case case being one of them. I don't actually think this is Frank Vogel's fault. We gave him a roster. Oh no, not at all. Yeah, it's like we gave him a roster full of players, none of which who defend or defend well. Besides Anthony Davis, when he wants Stanley to. Johnson. 
And apparently, yeah, and apparently Stanley Johnson, who's become a playable player on the Lakers when he didn't have a job two months ago. Um, thank you, I guess, COVID question mark. I'm not even sure who to thank here. But my point is this Laker team doesn't make any sense. It didn't make sense to begin with, and it's only made less and less sense over time. I still think, maybe naively, that there is the remnants of a good basketball team here. And I don't necessarily think Anthony Davis returning is going to fix all of that, but it's going to fix a lot of it considering Anthony Davis is a legitimately great NBA player and he should be better when he comes back. He's going to be the best player. Shaban's laughing. I don't like, he's going to be better than any player on your team. So suck that. No, no, I'm I'm reading this fucking ESPN put out an article says the Lakers are broken. Here's how they, here's how to fix them. And it's a long article, but here are the main bullet points. Number one, get Anthony Davis back. Number two, fix the defense. Number three, fix the offense. I'm like, yeah, no fucking shit. Like, how the fuck are you gonna do? You know, you know what they, you know what they. My my seven year old cousin could have written that article, and he would have said the same thing. What's fucked is like the reason why Shaban you clicked on that article is because it was on ESPN, involved the Lakers, and gave you the headline how to fix them. Like they somehow knew how to fix. We're fucking broken and we don't know how to fix our stuff. You know what's great? Yeah, we should get Anthony Davis back. We should fix our offense and our defense. Great. You know what we should do? We should just win an NBA championship. We should just win the next NBA championship. You know <laughs> we should win all of them. We should we should find a, a freaking de-aging machine and just de-age LeBron and Dwight and Carmelo for that matter. And Russ, why don't we just do that? How, how, how to stop being bad. Step one, be good. There is no step two. <laughs> Stop being bad. Just stop. Oh, build, great, a time, build a time machine. Let's go back to 2013. Fuck <laughs> off, dude. That's so annoying. It's like, I, I get what you're doing from a, from a company standpoint. You know, Laker fans, we read a lot of shit. We click a lot of shit. You do ad revenue based on clicks. Great. That's what you, com- congratulations. It worked. Shop on clicked on the article. I probably would have just update. The Mavs are down now. <laughs> now they're tired. <laughs> Hayes is like, if I'm if I'm getting bodied, I want someone else to get bodied with me. Fuck all y'all. No, um, right now. If he's drowning, he's bringing everybody else down with him. If um, if Anthony Davis, well, not if when Anthony Davis comes back, hopefully in about a week from now is what we're expecting. When Anthony Davis comes back, if he looks better than what he looked like before he got hurt, what do you think about the team then? Asad, who's kind of the only unbiased party here. That's a low bar because Anthony Davis was fucking ass. So uh, hopefully kinda, he tries. That's kind of what but, I'm saying. Oh, so you're saying if Anthony Davis gives a fuck, he'll be good? <laughs> you should write you know an ECN what? article. Yeah, maybe I should. Yeah, clearly we'll get some links. All right, I'll get some clicks. So I think with Anthony Davis, if when he comes back and the Lakers play better basketball, I mean, I think the top four in the West are kind starting to seem a little bit more untouchable at this point. Uh between the Suns, the Warriors, the Grizzlies, and now the Jazz, I think the best, the ceiling here for the Lakers is a five seed. So currently they are four games behind the Mavs. He's so now would, would throw a party. We literally throw a party. If you can if get a game, make the five seed. I'll be ecstatic. I will buy you all of the alcohol you want. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Mm. All right. That's a, that's a W that's a WebM live bet that was, was dropped on live on the pod. So we're gonna hold you, hold you to that. Okay, and <laughs> like, there's another one too. I think uh, we're not gonna make the fucking five seed. That's yeah, what's make make the six <laughs> seed? No, I get what you're saying. I, said, look, I win either way. But look, let's be honest. When Anthony Davis comes back, 
the Lakers should immediately, like literally overnight, be better than what they are right now. Is that fair to say? Yeah, the Le- LeBron can only play so much center before it's getting it's getting bad, bro. <laughs> I'm concerned for him. Like I'm just worried about him as a part. Like you good, bro? Like do you need a nap? Do you need to sit in a cryo chamber for a couple of days? We need to Goku you for like probably. A you need a sensu bean, bro. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm concerned for him as a person right now. Um, the Lakers are buyers. Case you already said that they need to buy anything realistically wing wing depth but that's like i said every team in the nba shaban you said the, the all the teams that you're going to talk about need wing depth so i said all the teams you're going to the wings are at a at a premium in the nba let's move on shaban who's your second team that you want to talk about here today since you didn't get the mavericks or the lakers so who are you talking about uh i'm going to talk about the the roommates uh of of crypto.com arena closet mates sir they get the closet at best they get they get the broom closet yeah no, yet they, they have to hide all the ban they have to hide all the laker banners in uh crypto center <laughs> <laughs> they just put up photos of Blake Griffin DeAndre Jordan and Chris Paul <laughs> oh my god They're like oh we miss you but anyway the Clippers you're talking about the Clippers. The, the Los Angeles Clippers yes of course uh the Los Angeles Clippers have had uh, have been plagued by injuries and health issues, most notably by Paul George. He is out for at least another few weeks with his uh, with his elbow injury, uh, and there's still no timetable for Kawhi to come back. Since Paul George went out, they've been five and nine. Uh, they before like the one thing that was keeping the the Clippers afloat was their defense, which was the fourth, which was fourth in the league, and they were two games above 500 before Christmas. And since Paul George went, uh, since Paul George went out, and they went on that rough stretch, uh, they went like their defense has tanked since. And you know, granted, they weren't that good before Christmas either, because their offensive engine was just Paul George doing incredible things with the basketball. But since Christmas, they have been in free fall, and they desperately need someone to. They need defense, like they need defense on the wing. Don't forget about forget about three indie. They just need D. Just give a just get D. That's all you need. Pause. moments ever so often in the, on the, the history of this podcast, and that's that's one of them. Well, uh, but like all that to say is that the verdict for the Clippers is, I think they should sell because it does look like Paul George is going to be out for at least another few weeks. It looks like Kawhi Leonard is not going to come back to this uh, come back this season. Uh, I think it might, and right now the Clippers are operating in the trade deadline reportedly as if Paul George is not going to come back for the rest of the year. There is, there is actually a chance that Paul George might be sidelined for the rest of the year. So I think they should just shut him down now. They are, uh, they are actually a game behind uh, the Lakers, I, I believe, uh, or half a game behind the Lakers. They're ninth in the West. I think without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, it's going to be really tough for them to climb back up into the playoff picture. And at that point, their the, their ceiling is uh, a team that is too that is too that is not good enough to make the playoffs, but not bad enough to get a high draft pick or uh, or getting any uh, any sort of momentum rebuilding. Here's the kicker, bro. Their draft rights for 2022, they're owned by Oklahoma City. They do oh, not have no. They do not have their own pick this summer. So them selling or tanking or being bad 
has no incentive to them whatsoever. It's not to say yeah. that they're choosing to be bad, but I'm simply saying if they do go the other way and tank and hope for there, there is no hope. Oklahoma City owns this pick and they are celebrating like hell because they're probably going to end up with a decent pick out of this one here where well, they wouldn't have banked on this specific year to be a good pick. Well, more reason to sell and get some more picks. Maybe. What, I don't, I don't think they, so. What can they I, sell here? Yeah. I, so I would think that this, I agree with you, Shabon, on the point that they should shut Paul George down. I don't think that this, this season, there's no light at the end of this tunnel here. Right. So there's no, there's no reason to rush him back or mess up his elbow any, anymore. Same thing with Kawhi. There's no point in bringing him back. I think that the Clippers, well, I want to, I do want to shout out Ty Lubes. I think he's done a really good job considering what he's had and making this team competitive. Um, as like, that's, it's not easy to do because this, this roster isn't very good, but also the Reggie Jackson, Eric Bledsoe have been carrying this team for, for the last few weeks. Uh, obviously that's not a long-term solution, but the Clippers have championship aspirations, right? That's why they made that move to get Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. That's why they sold their entire future to, to OKC. So I think they shut it down for this season. And if anything, then maybe they buy. I think they use what they can and see if they can stack and get a piece for next year. Mm-hmm. They're, they've got some good wing players. I'm, I like Terrence Mann. I also like Amir Coffey, Brandon Boston. They've got some good young guys who actually defensively have been pretty good. Uh, offensively, there's been inconsistency because you have Reggie Jackson and Eric Bledsoe running your offense, and that's they're kings of inconsistency right there. So, you know, they're if anything, maybe they try to buy whatever they can, some kind of small piece, maybe you know what they can so that they can make a run next season. I, I kind of agree with you both. Basically, what you're saying is fuck this year, like let's be done with it, let's move on. Um, mm-hmm. and there's no real incentive to do so, which sucks, but you're right in the sense that why would you rush them back to do what, to exit the first round or the second round, maybe on the slight chance that Kawhi and Paul George are somehow 85, 90% of themselves, then maybe there is a finals run involved and that's possible, I guess, but I wouldn't bank on it. I don't think the Clippers are banking on it either. Yeah. They should probably sell and buy at the same time, right? It's just improved the roster for next year. So I think you're on the right track here. Um, but that pick just doesn't exist, and that kind of sucks. And I don't actually believe in the idea to get more picks, um, just get valuable players or players who can contribute next season. Um, and that's kind of it with the LA Clippers. I'm kind of bored talking about them because they're really not – they're not even fun to watch. There's nothing that they're doing that's interesting or fun to watch. Poverty um, franchise. Also, poverty franchise. Agreed. Uh, who are we talking about? Who are we talking about now? Let's talk about the New York Knicks. I have the New York Knicks. I want to talk about the New York Knicks. Um, this is one of the few teams that we're going to talk about today that makes no fucking sense in the sense that they should probably be better than they are and still somehow not be that They shouldn't great. be down 11 to the Pelicans right now. Yeah, that makes no sense at all. Um, currently, the New York Knicks, who finished, what, fourth in the East last year, if I'm yep. not mistaken? Yeah, they're currently sitting at 11th in the East. They're 22 and 23. Uh, not great. Their roster... Not bad though, right? They've the same. got well, not the same. It's a little bit different, right? They've got Julius Randle, RJ Barrett. Now they signed Evan Fournier. They have Alec Burks, who's actually been pretty good in his time as, as a starter and even backup. Kemba's been okay in spurts. Mitchell Robinson, healthy this year, thankfully. Knock on wood as I say that. Derrick Rose is the big thing. He's missed a lot of basketball, which sucks for him. Nerlens Noel also missed a lot of basketball. Quickly is kind of the big one. He hasn't really stepped up and any notable way this NBA season as opposed to being exciting last year. Obi Toppin's okay. 
Quinn Grimes is getting basketball minutes for them. They traded Kevin Knox for Cam Reddish, and I'm sure they have his, they have something of a hope for Cam Reddish. This team is similar to the Kings in the sense that they have a lot of decent basketball players, but they don't have anything exciting. This is the team that I think should go out of their way and buy, but they should buy legitimately good basketball players. So what I mean by that is if there's an opportunity here for them to upgrade and if they can grab a De'Aaron Fox, for example, they should do that. They should go out and trade for a De'Aaron Fox or something similar and improve this roster. Um, because I don't necessarily see the value in them going the other way. They have a new regime in place. They have a really good head coach in place who, by the way, De'Aaron Fox knows quite well. Um, do they, does he know him quite well? Did I, does that make I think I made a mistake, but, um, but I think he would perform quite well under Tom Thibodeau considering De'Aaron Fox was known and supposed to be a really good defender and a hustle player. And you would probably do that under Tom Thibodeau. I just think that this team, they're not that great and they won't be that great. And they should fix it by buying better basketball players because they can, because they have a ton of quality NBA players making somewhere between the realm of 12 and $18 million, which are very usable and tradable contracts. They're not insanely highly paid except for Julius Randall, maybe. And that's kind of it. Everything else. Kemba. Is- and Kemba. Oh no, Kemba's on $8 million. No, Kemba's only making $8 million. Yeah, yeah. He's super cheap. He's super cheap. So it was a one-year deal. Yeah. Um, I think it was a two-year deal. I could be mistaken. But anyway, my point is the majority of their basketball team is making somewhere between 12 and $18 million. These are very movable, easy contracts to replace, and they could put things together to end up with good basketball players. And that's kind of the point here. I would love to see a guy like a De'Aaron Fox end up in New York. I think he would thrive with the fan base, with the team, with the coaching staff. And him and Julius Randle could be fun. They could be better than what they have now. And so I don't think that they should sell because I think tanking is not the right plan here. But I think they should buy and they should buy better basketball players as a whole. And the, the fan base will absolutely get behind it. Cam Reddish is already a god and he's only been there for a week and he's not even played a one minute of basketball for the New York Knicks. Also, you were shaking your head. Trade Cam you, Reddish. Yeah, bring Cam Reddish back. That's fine. What do you think <laughs> about the New York Knicks? What do you think about my plan for the New York Knicks? I 100% agree with you. They, they've just regressed. The team that we saw last year was very heavily dependent on Julius Randle having maybe the best year of his career. And obviously this year that just has not happened last year. He was electric shooting from three. He was lights out. And this year he has been the exact opposite. I think the effect of last year might be weighing on the Knicks a little bit where, you know, they had the, finally they had the fan base's attention. There was a lot of hype, you know, there was a lot of excitement around the team. And now they're starting to just, drop back into their their misery a little bit where you know they they had all these high hopes and had this promising playoff run that got swashed by the hawks go hawks <laughs> um anyway i digress but agreed that julius randall has taken on too much responsibility i mean even last year was a stretch and he just that's just not his game i don't think that he can be the primary option night in night out and facilitate everything which is why a guy like Darren fox would be so good is just to alleviate that pressure and let give julius more space to hoop um, and not necessarily be you know the focal point of the offense the whole time now shaban you like numbers so let me give you a number real quick ready mm-hmm. last year the defensive efficient the defensive rating for the new york knicks was fourth in the nba this year, they are 16th in the NBA. There's that's your stat, and that's kind of why they suck. That's such a drop, man. Like, how are they? How do they become 
So and they didn't adjust their roster that aggressively. Roger no, Gibson didn't. just plays more minutes though. Evan Fortier, I guess. I I don't I don't know how to diagnose why they're so bad on defense compared to being fourth in the NBA last year, which is why they ended up with such a high seed. They gave a shit and played hard defense, and they played okay offense. They played pretty much league average offense, and that was the outcome. What do you think about the New York Knicks, Shabon? I think the New York Knicks have. God, it's so it's so hard to gauge the New York Knicks because they they they're just a team that just they should be better. They should be better than this. They played better last season, and they're not playing better. They're like they're not playing good now. Uh, they're a team that we expected to be good, and they are just not very good. And uh, I can't tell you. I, I honestly can't tell you why. Is it their offense that sucks? Uh, is it the fact that? Uh, is it the idea that Julius Randle is not? putting up the same crazy numbers that he was last season? Uh, is it that Kemba Walker is really that bad on defense? Uh, I mean, it's I mean, all I, those things, if we're being honest. It's a it's a multitude of different things. Um, yeah. New York sucks, but I want to see New York be better because I think the one thing that I've learned in the last 12 months is that they don't make sense as a tanking team. Their fans get behind any little thing that's positive. So why not give them a reason to cheer? I think De'Aaron Fox in the Mecca of basketball would be sick. Also, the last team we're talking about here today, um, near and dear to our hearts. Am I mistaken? Charlotte, the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, well, Kays is Charlotte Hornets. That's what we're going to title them on this podcast. Kays is Charlotte <laughs> yeah. Hornets. He won't let us fucking forget it. The Hornets have been a bright spot. You know, we were all fans of LaMelo Ball on this podcast. He's fantastic. He's you know, super fun to watch. He's very talented. He's only 20 years old and he's the catalyst for, for this team. So, you know, the Hornets are the seventh seed in the East right now. They are 25 and 20. They're a game and a half behind Cleveland for that sixth lock playoff spot. They're seven and three in their last 10 games. They've finally gotten healthy, kind of gotten over their, their COVID run and they're putting it together. You know, LaMelo has been fantastic this season, 19 points, averaging eight assists, seven rebounds, 37% from three miles bridges. Miles bridges has been phenomenal this year, you know, is in the conversation for most improved player. He's averaging 20 points, seven rebounds, four assists, 32% from three. Uh, His highlight reels are insane. Miles bridges, crazy. Miles bridges has to be in the dunk contest this year. Like you just like, you have to do it. Was it in the dunk contest well before he was this person as a basketball? He was a dunk contest a few years ago, right? I think so. Yeah. But they, that that's that maybe we say that for the all-star episode but it never makes sense to me like there's so many guys that should be in some of these all-star things that would just absolutely break the internet and would get get the nba so many views but they just don't fucking do it and doesn't make any sense anyway back to the hornets lebron james Uh, lebron james yeah oh i wish we we were robbed Uh, we were robbed of that yeah yeah hey maybe he'll do it what if he does it this year just kidding i I don't want him to do i want him to take a week off (laughs) i would like for him to just go like sit on a beach somewhere go in a cryo chamber yeah, definitely. But another one of the big, I think, along with LaMelo Ball, I think why the Hornets have been really, really good in this last stretch is Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier in this last month has been fucking hot. 23 points, five rebounds, five assists. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get to Kelly Oubre in a second. Don't you worry, Case. Hey, uh, yo. <laughs> well, I swear, we hit the hour mark and it just gets weird. And we just... <laughs> We just literally Shaban's over here watching Netflix. I don't even know what my man's doing. Shaban's <laughs> out here straight depressed. They lost by eight. 
<laughs> Wait, it's it? over? Uh, they lost? Yeah, it's over. They blew it. <laughs> yes. Yes. It is what it is. I can't. You saw his demeanor change from kind of neutral to just down. Wow, that explains a lot. I will say that. that nah, I'm not, no, I'm no, I'm good, man. Like it is what it is. We had we had we If you could see the way he just said, "Nah, I'm good," you would understand why I'm calling him a liar right now. <laughs> anyway, Usad, you were talking about the Charlotte Hornets. So Terry Rose, Terry Rozier has been really good, um, and so the the guards and even the wings aren't the issue of this team. They've got good wing depth too. They have Jaden McDaniel's, Kelly Oubre, even Cody Martin has been a very serviceable role player off the bench. They need, for the love of God, to make the playoffs for the first time since 2016. They need to buy a fucking big man. It has to happen, otherwise they are will not be going anywhere in the playoffs. We've talked about the Miles Turner thing. I don't want to rehash it again because that's obviously the number one fit. I think we would all love that. If that happens, Charlotte is definitely going to be in contention for a while. But I want to bring up two two names here that I think are interesting that you know may may would if they're not Miles Turner, they'd at least help. The first one is a trade between the Memphis Grizzlies and the Charlotte Hornets. Okay. Don't so, you dare. Okay, no, I'm not. Oh, I don't know what he means by that. We'll find out. Memphis gets Gordon Hayward. The Hornets get Stephen Adams, Kyle Anderson, and a 2023 second. So, so here's, okay, let me just tell you one thing. Ooh. It's not going to happen, and here's why it's not going to happen. The moment Stephen Adams lifted Tony Bradley Jr. off his feet <laughs> to protect John ja Morant, he is he's not he's untradeable now. John ja loves him. He's untradeable. That that's why he he's just too important. To the protection of John Morant. He's his personal bodyguard on the court. And he just he basically made himself untradeable at this point. What's Gordon Hayward do? Gonna call the cops? <laughs> Steve <laughs> Steve's the bodyguard for everyone. I mean, Steve's My been dad's picking up a people. Lawyer. <laughs> Fucking Gordon Hayward. I think Gordon Hayward Gordon Hayward would be a good piece for Memphis. I oh, think no, he's he an upgrade. Would. He'd be an upgrade from Kyle Anderson. They could use the scoring and the the help that so Ja doesn't have to carry the entire load on offense. Steven Adams clogs up the front court. I mean, they want Jaron Jackson to be the five, right? So Steven Adams doesn't fit the picture long term. So why not why not do a little flip that helps both sides here? Because he's the bodyguard. You keep the bodyguard. That that's that's like kind of my only argument why Memphis doesn't do this deal because I, I, I don't have a basketball related comeback for you. Well, it's just is, he's the protector. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like from a basketball standpoint, I think the biggest issue with Memphis as a legitimate contender is that they need a better three. And you're you're doing that with Gordon Hayward and with Charlotte. The chance of them making the playoffs improves heavily because they need a better center. And you're doing that with them. But this deal is not gonna happen. And it's kind of because Am I crazy? But Gordon Hayward's actually really good on Charlotte. Yeah. And he actually means a good bit to the success of that basketball team. I think they can get by without him. They have so many wings. I mean, if you look at Gordon, like Gordon Hayward, I think is averaging 16 or 17 points a game, but it's inconsistent. It just it, like, it just on nights where you have, because you have Terry Rozier, Miles Bridges and Kelly Oubre who all can go off on in a second. You don't necessarily need that. I mean, I guess you can make the argument both ways where you could use the reliability of Gordon Hayward, but also you don't need Gordon Hayward because you've got all these other guys that are growing into their own and can play and can score. So you don't necessarily need that from, from Gordon anymore. So tell me, 
Yeah. I think one of the greatest strengths of Charlotte is that they are this deep as a basketball team, that they have like nine guys basically that they want to and can play. I think moving from that depth actually hurts them. And so I, I actually would want to try and see. They have a bunch of young guys in P.J. Washington, James Boaknight, Kai Jones, Jaden McDaniels, even the Martin brother and Vernon Carey. They've got like five, at least four legit players that they don't really use or in the rotation. I would like them more to focus on putting together something like that with a bunch of young guys and getting something like Christian Wood, for example, right? A player that the Rockets probably want to move on from, if not before February 10th, probably at least by the summer. And it's like, that's not a player that's going to be in your long-term plans. Why can't you take a few of these young pieces and make a deal for a player of that caliber or close? Maybe not because Christian Wood's really good, um, but something like that in the sense that you're moving young pieces and keeping the veteran pieces in order to compete in the playoffs. Yeah, no, I agree. I, we talked about this on the Christian, I think the Christian Wood deal on the, on the trade episode a few weeks ago, but Christian Wood's good, but he's not a rim protector by any means. And I think that's what Charlotte, that's the one piece that I think Charlotte is missing and that'll put it all together. So another kind of the perfect piece, right? Yeah. There's another one I have Uh, this one. I don't think obviously, I don't think it's going to happen, but it would be interesting if it did is, Orlando would trade Mo Bamba. Yes. So free Mo. free Mo Bamba. Free Mo. So Orlando has Wendell Carter. They signed him to a four-year extension this year. Wendell's their starter. So he's out right now. But when he comes back, I think he's actually supposed to play tomorrow. He's probable to come and back Mo's from his injury. Mo's up for a contract extension this summer. Yeah, it's his, la- it's his last year. Decision on him. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So I don't think that if they decide to not pay him, why not flip him for PJ Washington, get a first round pick from Charlotte and send Mo Bamba to Charlotte where he can block shots and hit threes. And it'd be fucking awesome. I love it. Do it. I'll call it in right now. I'll call it. I love that way, 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 way better. I think keeping Gordon Hayward is absolutely the move. I actually think I'd rather have Mo Bamba than Steven Adams right now, considering the timeline of this basketball team as a whole, not to say one's better than the other. Mo is definitely not better than, than Steven Adams right now, but Mo might be with LaMelo. With a guy like LaMelo, he could bring out the best in Mo. This is a deal I could 100% sign up for because if it doesn't work, they can go out of their way and make a Steve Adams type of trade next season as well. Right. But try an experiment, try something like that. What'd you say? Whose ESPN alert just went off? I have no idea. (laughs) It's Um, Assad. Look at him. No, my phone's off. My my phone's on Do Not Disturb. I take uh, I cut off the entire outside world during our podcast. I am solely focused on you guys and our listeners. Notification. I think it might have been maybe, my iPad. Maybe it's yours. Maybe it's yours, Case. Oh, I don't have that app on my phone. Fair enough. It never works. ESPN is a trash. It's a trash app. It, it's somehow app is, app is a trash. horrible app for a multi-trillion-dollar company. Like what I the would fuck? rather. I would ra- trillion Disney. Oh uh, well, yeah, Disney actually. Um, I would. I actually rather go to their website and just use the mobile website than to use. The, I just Google it. Really like fuck. Bad. The app is really bad. Um. But yeah, no, I like the Mobamba deal or something like that better. Go grab a young center, maybe slightly unproven, and see if you can do something there. If you're going for a more established guy, something like Christian Wood makes more sense to me. Um, or maybe a Yusuf Nurkic. Maybe they can grab Nurkic. Could you imagine the Hornets announcer with Mo Bamba and the Sheck West song? <laughs> Listener, if you don't know, we've talked about this a few times before. The Hornets announcer is wild one of the best announcers in, on yeah, yeah. Like, eric, shout out eric collins man he's eric collins is awesome he's he's too fun he is way 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 too fun um so one thing i wanted to get from you i said 
This episode is titled Panic Room. Why did you include the Hornets in the Panic Room if they've done better than you expected? Uh, I think it's more of Panic Room in the sense that they have the aspirations to make the playoffs and they aren't going to do that unless they make, unless they start buying. And especially they start buying for a big man. I think like everything, their success is all, it'll only get them this far if they don't have a center right now. And so that's why I think that they need to go out and there's some urgency to go and do that and be active during this trade deadline. That's fair. I'm with you. You know, one, one thing that I, that came to mind is the Hornets have kind of never really had a center. Like, could you name one center in the last 10 years? Bismack Biombo. Okay. So like we name one center in the last 10 years. Tyler Zeller. Exactly. <laughs> you're, you're making my point. Why well, was my first thought? Emeka Okafor was my first thought, like in the Bobcast. That was the first one that I thought of. That was like over 10 years ago now. Yeah, that's the first name that came uh, to mind to me. They had they weren't uh, even Diop. the Hornets. They weren't even Desania the Hornets. That's who they had. Kind of my point. It seems like the Hornets have always had center troubles or not the best centers around. Um, but I can feel the energy levels of this podcast mm-hmm. dying down. So I think we're gonna call it here, boys. It's been fun. The panic room episode is always an interesting one because we get to sit here and talk about how much other teams suck and sometimes we talk and about our how teams much- suck. Exactly. Sometimes we talk about how much <laughs> our teams suck, and that's really fucking depressing. Um Listener, it's funny how we never talk about the Hawks here. I, you know what it is? It's like because they just suck. Well, no, well, they won they, yesterday. They won. They won two games in a row, which is quite nice. Um, it's because we picked eight teams. We literally picked two apiece, and none of us wanted. We, none of us wanted to be tasked. Yeah, maybe, maybe we give the Hawks. So we, we give them a rest this week, and then I'm we'll, sure we'll be back at them like, next, next week. week when we jump back on the pod. They will either give us a reason to talk poorly about them or well about them. And we'll do that when that time comes. In the meantime, I'll leave the Atlanta Hawks alone in the hopes that they make a move in the next couple of days. Cause it seems like they're the trade is imminent. I don't know for who, I don't know for what, but it seems like a trade is but pretty imminent. It's coming. Yeah. And we're 20 days away from the NBA trade deadline. So we're getting kind of close here. Anyway, listener, thank you for listening to another episode of the Waterboy and equipment manager podcast. We'll see you next week. See ya. Peace later. Bye.